Good morning. Oh, on Live a Life by Design, I have a special treat for you today. You know, one of the things in life I've always been interested in is finding those new leaders that are gonna make our world a bigger, better, and bolder place. One of the things about leadership is it knows no age limit. Too often we think of all these great leaders that we had before us, such as some of our presidents, for example, or we had great industry titans ahead of us uh, during the time, the Vanderbilts, the Rockefellers, and so forth. But folks, there is no age limit on high quality leadership with vision. And to prove that today on Live a Life by Design, we have for you today someone that's going to rock your world and you can have good faith that we're going to be in good hands over the next millennium. But before I introduce her, I got a few questions for you. It's 2021. How do you feel about turning the page on that calendar and you're looking now at a whole 12 months of opportunities? Did you catch that? Too many of us look at that opportunity and go, oh boy, 12 months. And I just came through about nine to 10 months of COVID-19. Today's a new day. Your mindset should be open and absorbing all of these opportunities that come your way because I've got news for you. If you're looking for them, they are seeking you out. And today I want to prove that. While you're sitting down and writing your goals for 2021, and I hope you do that if you haven't already done so, remember a couple of things. Your goals must transform you to be a better person. If they're not transforming, they're not big enough. If you're not stretching and straining your capabilities and your knowledge, they aren't big enough. Our goal here on Live a Life by Design is to help you live a bigger, better, and bolder life. That means in all aspects that you enjoy the utmost capabilities and enjoyment. So with that said, let's get to the discussion today on how leadership at all ages can be a wonderful, wonderful asset. I have with me today, Annika Van Nest. This young lady has started out her career, I think, straight from the womb as a leader. She has been an entrepreneur. And folks, let me shock you a little bit. She was still in high school when she started. So let me uh, welcome today. Thanks for coming, Annika. Wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I've got to tell you how we met real quick. Uh, you know, you have a lady you and I both know in common named Deidre. And Deidre and I share a lot of common traits and enjoy a lot of commonality in terms of our ambitions of career. But, you know, she tells me, she goes, hey, if you think I'm good, Jimmy, and I know you do, because I do. I think your mom's a great person, very talented. She said, you need to talk to my daughter. And I said, man, I cannot wait. So, Annika, what's going on in your world? The pressure is on. <laughs> so, so, so what are we doing nowadays? You've had COVID, you didn't bother, you look great. So tell me what's going on. Oh, appreciate you. Um, yeah, yeah. I am home for break right now. Um, I'm a freshman at Belmont University in Nashville. I'm a double major in ministry and social entrepreneurship, which is a very niche niche. I always get corrected no matter how I say it. I feel like it's like personal preference. This um, is our show. You can call it whatever you wish. It's you our say? show. You say niche or niche? I call it niche, but that's okay. Niche, which is a very niche major for what I want to do. So I um, started a business in April of 2020. So 18, senior in high school, in a pandemic. Um, 
which I didn't even really put together until the other day. I was like, wow, I did that at, <laughs> at 18 in a pandemic. Um, and so it is called the prickly pear and currently it is a mobile coffee bar and yoga studio. So that means that you can hire us to cater your events with the coffee bar. So we do a lot of graduation parties, weddings, we'll do pop-up shops, like stores will hire us. Um, and it'll be like a little incentive kind of thing, like spend over $50 to get a free coffee. Um, and then the yoga aspect of it, I was the youngest to go through training with the program that I trained, um, for yoga. And so I did that at 16. I've been teaching ever since and I just love it. And so that we do private events. So you can hire us to, um, teach a yoga class, whether it's like a bachelorette party or your friends and family. And I say we, because I have a couple of other instructors on my team as well. So yeah, that's kind of my trifecta. When I meet people, I say it's coffee, yoga, and Jesus. And so that's my, that's my brand. And one day I hope for it to be a storefront. And so we have the yoga studio where we're offering the exercise classes. We have the coffee shop where we're having the unique drinks. And then the Jesus aspect of it is we're hosting Bible studies. We're hosting fundraisers. We're just kind of being like a community center in that sense. Um, a little more upscale than your typical community center, I guess. But yeah, that's, that's my trifecta. And I was looking through old Google Docs and this has been my like dream since 2013. So I would have been 12. 12 years of age, and you came up with the ideation, the creation, and then now the implementation yes. of your own company. Yeah. That, yeah. That's incredible, young lady. That is incredible. I so so I got to ask you a couple of things. How about if I told you I'm almost a yoga Zen master because my favorite pose is surrender. I can lay down, palms up, and sleep, man. Oh, I am good so at that good. one. So good. <laughs> you know, I, I, will, I will give it to you, though, like – a lot of people can't do that. You know, a lot of people can't just lay there palms up and surrender. And even if it is while you're sleeping, people struggle with that. So I'll give it to you. I call you a yogi. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I have my own mat. I have all the stuff. Okay. I've got all <laughs> I the, love it. The, the blocks. I've got everything I need. It's just some of those poses when you're six, two and you weigh a little above, <laughs> I'll say I'm North of two thirty. Uh, I'm a, I'm a lifter, you know, I, I'm a crossfitter. Uh, I do that kind of stuff, but I want to do the yoga because flexibility yes. is so important in every aspect of life, right? Yes. Yeah. I get a lot of football players. I get the hockey sure. players. It's good. It's good cross training. Yeah. And Hey, if you're training hockey players, you see one of those guys, you tell him that this dude right here gives them great respect. That is one tough sport. That is a Minnesotan. I don't even know. Holy grail yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit then, a little bit deeper on prickly pear. Now, is that is some type of specialty coffee you have, or how'd you come up with the name? What's that all yes. about? So the name um, is what my parents used to call me in my middle school sassy, <laughs> grouchy, whatever it is. She would go to like give me a hug, and I'd be like, "No, like gross, mom." And she'd be like, oh, she's a prickly pear today, which is like a type of cactus. But like, I don't know why that was the word that they used. That just was always my nickname when that was my mood. Because um, you never tell a cranky person that they're cranky. So that was like our little, you know, code word to warn the rest of the family that I was cranky. Um, and so then when it came around to like the branding, I was like, this could be so cute, like the colors of it and whatever. And I was like, and I guess it's my nickname. So we're just going to 
we're going to take it and run with it. That's quite a story. You know, you ought to put that on a little deliverable they can read or see while they're up there getting their coffee. When you Absolutely. We all have I our love days. That. Now. We do. We do. You know, I got to tell you, I am 99.9% .9 in great mood. But that one day that it's that point one, Annika, you know, I just want to be left alone. I go yep. do my hermit thing, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. And I and so, I maybe the percentage is higher for girls or middle school girls especially, but prickly pear is a is a loving word for those days. <laughs> I think I think it's one with compassion in it, of course. <laughs> and so I don't know if your mom told you. I've raised two daughters. I've got one that's a sophomore at the University of Oklahoma, majored in uh, fine arts and drama. But I've got to tell you, she is excellent at it because she's given me a lot of drama throughout my life. So, yeah, well, that's a bad joke. Bad joke. Uh, so, so let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, you're in ministry, but also in business administration leadership, right? Did I get yeah. that right? Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about what are you seeing in the classroom that you see taught at universities like Belmont that translates into the real world? Because a lot of times we have a disconnect, it seems like, between academia and the real world. And if you hear some of these people, like one of my favorite mentors, Richard Branson, yes. uh, was dys dyslexic, right? He couldn't even yeah. read hardly. And look at the guy. He's a billionaire many times over. And, and he says, you know, academia sometimes has a little disconnect. Tell me how you're connecting to the real world through your classes. Yeah, I love that question because I definitely am a doer type of learner. Um, so in high school, I was a part of a business program. So we would be in an office building. Our classroom was in an office building the first three hours of the day. And it was microeconomics, business, and then seminar. And so you're learning all the P&Ls and you're learning the analytics of it, that kind of thing. And I will even say the connect between the different academia um, has been really cool to see because in my social entrepreneurship class, we're talking about P&Ls and business plans. And I did, I did go through the whole business plan for the prickly pear. So I had that to, to bring to the class for sure. But even just noticing like, oh, I had to do these all the time in high school because I chose this path. And again, not everyone does that. And we're really unique for that program that my high school offered. Um, but I loved that program because it was hands-on and it was real world. And so, I mean, it's great to know like, the angle of an obtuse triangle, but I, I would love to understand economics in, in the business setting and how that goes. And so that has definitely um, been really cool. And especially wanting to obviously go into business and be an entrepreneur, it has definitely correlated. And I think those professors too, they care about what they're doing and they know what they're talking about. And so it's been great because they have somewhat become mentors where I can sit down and be like, Hey, this PL does not look right. Like, can you help me out with that? Or just even as I write my goals for 2021 for the business, what's realistic and how much money can I expect to make? Um, we did break even this past summer, which was way ahead of schedule, and that was such a blessing. And so now it's like, okay, now that I broke even, what what does that look like? You know, like what are expenses, ongoing expenses, things to invest in? So that's the social entrepreneurship major. And then ministry-wise, the faith has definitely always been so important to me um, and a part of my life. And I think it's really cool to see the context and history of that. And so like actually looking at the Old Testament and taking it in a theological doctrinal, I don't even know if that's a word, way. <laughs> um, I'll, t I'll take it. It's our podcast. I can take okay, it. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the two, the two intersecting too, because I think 
so often in the ministry school, we talk, we talk about, I love, I love your opening, how you say like, if your goals aren't making you better then you know, what's, what's even the point of it. And we talk a lot about that in ministry of how, of how we want to live and the goals that we have and living out the great commission and all of these things. And so it's like, I love this idea of marketplace ministry. And that doesn't even mean that every time someone walks into your store that you're like, Hey, do you know Jesus? It just means that when they walk out with their cup of coffee, they felt like they were loved and someone asked them how their day was and they actually meant it, you know? So this idea of marketplace ministry where you see a little bit of just kindness. And I think in 2020, and I think in my generation where we're looking at our screens or whatever, um, it's rare that we like genuinely see each other for what we are. And so I love this idea of marketplace ministry. And if I were to give you like one major, that's what I would say I'm majoring in is marketplace ministry, making the marketplace and then loving people through that. You know, I've got to tell you, Annika, one of the beliefs that I have in my Christian faith is I always, you may not hear me say something audibly, but I want my life and my face to show yes. you that there's love and kindness and respect and so yes. forth. So that, that's just kind of my thing. And, you know, when, when this COVID-19 hit, Annika, I got to tell you what, I, like everyone else, was thrown for a loop for about a week. I mean, <laughs> we, we, had, we had the capability to work remotely and all that, but we really hadn't, in my opinion, we really hadn't implemented. Yeah. This forced us to do so, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you had school. Did you have classes online? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing. So, right. So we still have to put out a high quality product, high touch effect. We want people to know that things are confident and capable and, and we are on the job. And so we had to kind of change or pivot our approach to doing delivery, right? Yeah. So, so, so my question to you is, is what makes your age group so much more flexible, uh, if you will, pliable to these changes? Because it seems like your age group it wasn't a week for you to get your act together after the change. You go, oh, oh, well, a couple hours later, I've got this hand now. I'm just going to do this. How, why is that? Yeah, um, I think in the topic of COVID in general, um, I think it didn't make, at least in my generation and as I've been talking to people, I don't think it made people more stressed. I think it revealed our stress. So I think it revealed things we were already struggling with, right? You know, that's very profound for a 19-year-old girl. I like that. <laughs> like, and I don't even know if those are my words, to be honest. I've had, I've had a lot of conversations that... Again, Annika, we own the podcast. We'll claim that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it revealed like, hey, I'm insecure about this and this and this, and now that's gone. And you know, like it just revealed different things and then it revealed, okay, and how are we going to respond to it? And so it was this tenacious challenge, I guess, of like, where, where do your priorities lie? What are your goals? How, what is that strength that you have? Um, and I think as a senior, it was a bummer, you know, we didn't get a senior prom, we didn't get a graduation. And I think it would be so easy to sit down and like, wallow in that but in my school specifically all I saw was people wanting to help others and I think that is huge too I am a big fan and not a big fan of social media um when it comes to COVID though I think for the most part people used it well and I would say that that has to do with my age group as well um is that some of that tenacity has like evolved around social media and being able I always, when we talk about the Christian faith and we talk about loving others and it being respect, I always say that the church is best to go beyond the four walls of the church, right? Like acting like the church outside of those four walls in the mission field, that's what's most important. And so whether people even knew that that's what they were doing or not, that's so much of what I saw in COVID of 
dropping off food for each other when we did get sick and things like that. And so I would say a lot of that tenacity comes from it, what COVID revealed to people and then being like, okay, now I get to choose how I'm going to handle this. And I also think the other thing that I think has been huge within the last five years maybe is that my age group has really, really worked to end the stigma on things like mental health. Um, and I think that was huge when it came to COVID because this, this revealed people's mental illnesses and that's a real thing. And for a lot of people, it might be genetic. It might be, you know, the circumstance made things really hard, whatever it is. I think ending the stigma on that, um, was huge and being, being okay, not being okay and being okay, asking for help and knowing that you're not less than or unrespectable or whatever that is. You know, that's a great comment. And one of the things I'd like to bring out of that comment just a little bit, you got to kind of remember now, as the person asking the questions, this gets real easy because you got to have all the answers, right? And at your <laughs> age group, I know you do. But I hire uh, great people. I don't ne- yeah. necessarily look at your age. I hire great people. So one of my newest hires for our company is a 20-year-old that is knocking it out of the ballpark. I love I mean, it. This young lady is creative. She's brilliant. She stays on task. She's very polite. I mean, she's everything you want in a team player. And Good. so I, I will tell you the comments. She's, I'm taking notes in my journals all the time, you know, or my notes at the office in my planner. And I wrote down one the other day that she gave me. She said, you know, during COVID-19, a lot of people don't need social media. They need a journal to write in. And I said, oh, what do so you mean good. by I said, what do you mean by that? She goes, Well, they tell you every minutia about their life, including personal information. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so good. And I and I think too, I read this not not to be um talking about Christianity all the time, but that just is that is my life, especially in this major. But we talk about like you think of Moses and the 40 years to get to the promised land. And someone said the other day, you know, if he had just listened to God and listened to what he was trying to teach him, it wouldn't have taken 40 years. And so I think of, I think of COVID and I think of all the things I've learned and I'm like, dang, if I just sat down and wrote down what I was learning and actually applied it, I could have gotten out of this so much sooner. You know, the key thing to all of this is, you know, I said it took us about a week. We call it going in the gap, Annika. For, for example, I went for a week there going, okay, I, I got to make some things happen. I got a team I've got to lead. Yeah. How's it going? How am I going to lead from sitting at my home office in my, my office and leading others that are all across our stakes? We have team members that always work uh, distantly or remotely. And so I'm just like, okay, how can I do that? So I sat down and I actually used some of the tools from our coaching program I'm in that your mother and I share called strategic coach. And I sat down and all of a sudden, Annika, I'm getting this clear, very vibrant picture of how this is going to work. And I start writing out how we're going to change some of our protocols. And then seriously, after about a week, you know, we're rocking and rolling again. And for a, for a 55 year old talking to a 19 year old, I felt pretty good about that. Now you'd yes. say, Hey, what, why'd you take so long, Jimmy? But anyway, that's how this works. So, so let <laughs> no. me ask you this. Let's, let's carry forward to this question. Social entrepreneurship. Now, what does that really mean? Explain to our audience. Now, we're heard in 27 countries, Annika. Don't oh want to get you concerned here, but what does social entrepreneurship really mean? Yeah, I love that. So um, I'll give you an example. So like Tom's would be a social entrepreneurship con- company where there's, there's different models of it. So you could be for-profit, you could be non-profit, you could be kind of a hybrid Um So in my case with the prickly pear, it means that I am an entrepreneur and started my own business and the business is sustainable. You know, I'm able to make a living off of it. I'm able to pay my employees, but it also means that a big part of just my business plan 
entirely. Like it's not even that I am giving back as being generous. It's literally built into my business plan um, is that we're going to take care of our community in different ways. And I don't know, I don't totally know what that looks like yet. Um, I think one of the ideas that I did write a business plan for um, in this class this semester was like distance learning. And so it's like, if this is something that for some reason were to continue, which I pray it's not, but being able to offer tutoring to kids in, in, in the inner city who might not have iPads and not be accessible and where their grades are struggling because of it, or even think of the social aspect, like school is really important. My, I nanny some kindergartners and, you know, she's not even learning to stand in the line with a line leader. Like that's, that's real stuff. Um, so the social entrepreneurship aspect is the business plan, but also with whether it's the global heart or it's a local heart or whatever it is, um, it's incorporating giving back to your community as the foundation of the business. Let me ask you if you've ever heard of this phrase. I'm a big believer in reading. As you can see, I'm in my study. You can see behind me in the Zoom uh, camera that I'm a big reader. I just love great books. And so what I want to ask you is, have you heard of this statement? I'll get everything in life that I want if I just help enough other people get what they want. You ever heard that statement? I haven't heard that. I love that. Oh, good. I taught a Gen Z something today. Okay. (laughs) So that's a quote by one of my mentors who's now passed. I've seen him three times in person, shook his hand literally. This guy changed my life forever when I was in my early 20s. His name was Zig Ziglar. I encourage you to look him up, Z-I-G-L-A-R. Your mom will know who he is. You guys can have some coffee prickly pear coffee, of course. Yes, sir. We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> uh, we're going to put that in the show notes. We want our people to give you a call and do some things. We have clients all over the world. We have friends over in Nashville area. So we want yes, to help. I appreciate it. But, but by helping others get what they want. So what I'm trying to say is and suggest to you as a business leader is if you help your team get what they need, training, confidence, competence, you help them see social interaction skills, you help them grow, they're going to help you grow by doing a better job in that role, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so much about like the legacy that you leave behind, you know, like it's not about who I am as Annika Van Ness, but it's about the passion that I had for the prickly pear and the people that it helped and whatever that looks like, you know, it's so much, it's so much about it's so much more than just my life on earth. I want to say something. This is going to come out perhaps a little wrong. I hope our listeners don't misinterpret it, but you as a person, 19 years of old years of age said, it's about the legacy I leave behind. Now I cannot even imagine at 19 you're thinking about legacy, but I think that's awesome because so few people your age are thinking about legacy. They're thinking about, okay, I've got the next two years, three years, get through school. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking at. But you're thinking about how can I impact lives today that will be remembered generations from now. And man, that is a big step as an entrepreneur yourself. I, th- I thank you for that. I appreciate so, that. So, so I've got to ask something a little personal because you and yeah. I do know your mom. I've met your father. Great guy. Uh, both wonderful parents. Um, yeah. I need some dirt. I need some dirt on your mom. So what's an embarrassing story you can tell me on your mom that we can share? Oh, Clean, of God. course. Now, don't nothing that's too embarrassing, but something <laughs> I can embarrass her with. I, she loves to dance, and she's not good at it. Like, next time you <laughs> see her in person, next time you see her in person, literally look up, like, the latest trend or something, and she won't know what it is, but she will have something for you. She, you probably, I mean, she's fun, but like she's goofy and she can be so goofy and I get all of that. That is awesome. That, that, I'm going to use that then if I can. So, Please do. So, 
So tell me, what was your life like as a child? Man, I could picture you. You're that 10-year-old that's got the lemonade stand making money and giving it to the Red Cross. I mean, you're that kind of kid. Uh, tell me, what was your life like as a kid? Yes, that is funny you say that. Um, I So I've lived in Minnesota my whole life and have loved Minnesota, but the winters are not worth it. <laughs> it's time to move on. Um, definitely learning that as I'm home over break. I'm like, wow, it is so warm in Nashville right now. And I am here anyways. Um, yeah, I was raised in a Christian home. I have a little brother and my parents, as you mentioned, are amazing. Um, my dad worked overseas when I, until I was about 16. So he did like kind of every other week he managed, um, nine countries in Europe for his business. And so although it was obviously a bummer that he was gone all the time, it meant that I grew up getting to travel a lot. And that was huge. That was such a blessing. Um, and I always say today, if I could live out of a suitcase for the rest of my life, like I totally would do that. My, I want to see a hundred countries before I die. Um, and because of him, I have, I don't know, maybe 10. <laughs> so we're getting there, but him, but him traveling was a really big part of my upbringing. Um, I went to Auschwitz concentration camp in sixth grade and you don't learn about World War II in sixth grade. You know, I literally had never heard of it. And I also, I live in a very, um, for lack of a better word, privileged town in, in Minnesota. You know, it's, it's the whole food salads a mile away and Starbucks on every corner. And that, that's just the lifestyle, you know. And um, my parents obviously worked hard to give us this amazing life. But at sixth grade, I learned that this is not how the rest of the world lives. And that was huge for me. Um, this was the beginning to my testimony to making my faith my own. This was the beginning of, I want to help others. Um, this, yeah, that was really, really big for me. And I think just traveling the world and because all of his coworkers were international too, they would come and be here. And so I constantly grew up around people speaking different languages and they would talk business. And my dad was always amazing about like, if you're visiting from Italy, you're, we're not going to have a business meeting and then you're going to sit in your hotel for the rest of your stay. They would come over and we'd have pool parties and we would swim and, and we would be on the boat. And, um, one of his employees has a daughter, my age in Italy. And so we've spent the last four years going back and forth visiting each other. And so it's just things like that. Like I was so blessed to grow up with, with the global perspective. And I don't even think they know how much it impact me, impacted me in recent years. They definitely do. But yeah, at the time, I don't even think I knew how much it was impacting me. Um, that is awesome story. And I got to tell you, Annika, we did the same with our children. So I was actually yeah. shown a lot of foreign countries when I was a kid. I was very lucky. I was shown Texas, Arkansas, and Kansas. <laughs> uh, so I, I was raised in an agricultural background. So a uh, foreign country to me was anything outside the borders of Oklahoma, Annika. So, uh, uh, but no, we raised our kids a lot differently. And, and they have been to London, Italy, yeah. Uh, they, they've been to France. They've been all of these, Ireland, but, uh, you know, Canada, Mexico. We've tried to branch them out and let them see different cultures. So tell me real quickly from your perspective as Gen Z, what do you think is the greater impact you can make today during this time of disruption to help people see a positive future? That's a, that is a real good question. Um, I think it does come down to being the church outside of the four walls, right? I think it... I think in today's political world and in COVID and in all the things, again, I'm from Minnesota. And so Black Lives Matter has been a huge thing this summer. Like it has this whole year, especially in this state, just feels like it has been unrest. Um, and so 
One of the things, for example, we've seen throughout the state is the drive-through difference has been happening for weeks now in multiple coffee shops. So that's when you pay for the person behind you and then it goes. And so it has been happening all day for like three weeks now at multiple coffee shops around the state. And I think it comes down to the little things like that, you know, and I think the fact that that made the news obviously shows you how much people appreciate it. Um, and so I think it's the little things of kindness. And then that makes people realize like, hmm, why would they care so much? And what's different about that? And that makes you go inward to be like, wow, like, I can make a difference too, you know? And I think that, that it goes a lot deeper than you think it possibly could. You know, I'm going to blow your mind. Uh, I always tell people, do not write a check with your mouth that your wallet can't cash. Uh, I was in Walmart last year, uh, right before Christmas time. And there was a young lady that had two uh, little boys and I could tell by their face and their dress and so forth, you know, life just wasn't just real easy for them. And yeah. she had some groceries and, you know, and I said to her, I said, you know, one of my philosophies in life is uh, it's better to give than receive. Do you agree? And yeah. she kind of looked at me funny. She turned her head sideways and she said, um, I guess. And then she turned her head back and she was kind of looking for like, where's, where's the money to pay for this kind of thing. You could just tell she had a little yeah. bit of strain on her for, for the holidays. And, uh, and then she said to me, she turned it right back on me on And she said, well, wait a minute, sir. If that's your philosophy and you believe that, cause I said, why don't you pay for my groceries? I had like three or four items, you know, I was just teasing her. And she said, if you believe that, why don't you pay for my groceries? She had this whole bag. I mean, this whole cart full of groceries. And I said, you know what? You're exactly right. I'll take care of this is what I told the clerk. $128 later, you know, or 140, I can't remember. It's something like that. I said, I'm glad to do this. And I said, you guys go enjoy a great Christmas and have a blessed day. And so my point, my point I'm making is you, you, the one person in Nashville or now in, in of course, Minnesota, uh, I do want you to know you do make a difference. You don't often see the seed that you sow because yes. somebody else comes along and waters it. Somebody else harvests it, but yes. it takes the onicas of the world to get the seed in the ground. You see what I'm getting at? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Can I ask another personal question? You're in Minnesota yes, all your life. You're in Minnesota. You know, we don't get to choose our parents, right? I mean, that just happens. <laughs> you got lucky. I got lucky. Some people don't get as lucky as we, but this is how it works. Okay. Yeah. Would you say, though, that your parents could have done better than finding a state that the state bird <laughs> is a mosquito? I mean, I, I've been there. The things are like a bird, man. They are. They are. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. And it's a bummer because all girls. So my mom's from New York. I'm sure you know that. She likes to tell everyone. She likes it to be known that she's not from here either, which I don't, I don't blame her because the Minnesotan accent. Like, if I could sound like you, I would love that you know, trying to make Nashville do that for me. Um, hey, flattery, so I, flattery will get you everywhere with me, Monica. Okay. I, so I don't blame her. Um, but yeah, they always said like, once your brother graduates high school, we'll go somewhere else. And just this year, she's like, you know, I really like it here. I'm like, great. Thanks mom. Hey, you know, to each is their own. This is the world that you can choose where you wish to live. So let me ask you this. If you had unlimited resources, unlimited time, unlimited capabilities, where would you live? What would you do? And how would you spend your time? Oh, so good. I wouldn't have, like, I don't think I would have like a home. I think I literally would travel out of a suitcase. I think, yeah, I want to meet all the people. I want to do all the things, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person, like I went skydiving this past summer, which is funny because that's, that's just wrong. I'm sorry. But oh, go ahead. <laughs> so good. When I was 10, I said, dad, when I graduate high school, cause you have to be 18 to skydive. I said, when I graduate high school, will you take me skydiving? And he's like, yeah, sure. It's eight years ago. 
this past summer, I'm sitting with him at lunch and I was like, so guess what I did? And he's like, what? I was like, I booked a skydiving tickets. And you know, it came, it came back and bit him, but I just, I think that idea of skydiving, I told my mom, I was like, I get why people drop out of college and become skydiving instructors. And she's like, don't you dare get any ideas. So, all right, kiddo. Now our audience, I want you to know one thing of my philosophy in life, airplanes that are flying without any kind of state of disrepair, no trouble, no engine issues. People do not jump out of them voluntarily. So that's my philosophy, Annika. But my point is like living life to the fullest, you know, all the experiences, all of the fun, all of the, I, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I did research and I made sure it was safe. But other than that, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a person that sits and watches my world go by, watches my life. No, go by. I agree with you totally. Let me tell you one thing I want you to think about though. They make varieties of bathing suits and lots of islands in the Caribbean, uh, the, the Pan-Asian coastline. You can go to Hawaii girl and spend a long time helping people is what I call it. So, you know, <laughs> if true. I were to live my life by design, I just want to have a, a nice uh, t-shirt and uh, some nice shorts and flip-flops. And I want to be on an island somewhere telling people how good life could be. How about that? You wouldn't, that go sky you wouldn't do that? The only sky I'm going to be diving from is uh, one where the mountaintop looks down on the clouds. I'm not jumping, though. So, well, I love that. So, so tell me this, kiddo. Who are your mentors today, and uh, why are they important to your life? So good. Um, my great-grandma is going to be 102 in March. Wow. And going back to skydiving, she saw those pictures and asked if she could come. So that shows a little bit about her character. Um, she is one of my favorite people to sit down and talk talk to. and she, you know, she's lived through it all. She was born in 1918. Is that right? Something like that. 1919, right? 18's good. Yeah. 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 Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, she has lived through it all and she will sit there and she, um, says that her secret to living so long is that she is not married. And she says that to everybody. Um, yeah, she just has lived through it all. She has so much to say, so much life left in her. Um, and she is such a blessing. So she is a huge, a huge mentor, just the things that she has learned through her life. That is pretty cool. 102. So my grandmother-in-law is a hundred, going to be 101 January 27th. And I got to tell you the things they've seen you and I'll probably never see that transformation. Then again, it could be higher than that. Right. So. Yeah. And she, like, for example, they have the elderly shopping hours, at the grocery store right now for COVID. Yeah. And her daughter said, mom, like I'm going to the grocery store. Do you want anything? And she goes, no, I'm going to go later. All the old people clog it up in the morning. <laughs> I was like, good <laughs> Lord, you are 102. You are the oldest one in there. Um, and so I just, I just love that. And she, so the lesson your grandmother's teaching you, Annika, is this, is age is a number. The state of mind is how you really feel. So Absolutely. I tell people, man, I CrossFit with some of these 20-year-old guys, and I've done 445-pound back squats, Annika. Good for you. Now, well, I paid the price. Don't worry about that. But I did get it done, five of them, okay? The last <laughs> two, not so clean. But anyway, I got it done. But my point here is, is I tell you what, I'd like to die afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but your grandmother's out there living her dream. And so this is called our podcast called live a life by design. So tell me this, you've got another semester coming up. You don't know if it's going to be online. I'm guessing at this point, we don't know who's going to have what decision to make about that. So I can't control that Anka. Tell me what you're working on that you can control as a Gen Z in 2021. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, as I mentioned before, definitely my goals for the business, it will be our first birthday in April. Um, and I think it, it, it takes like five years, they say, for your business to make it to be sustainable. And then I, I don't think like a pandemic year is really included in that. <laughs> so just making it through and growing in that. And so definitely um, goals for that. And then I guess just personal goals and finishing my first year strong. I, I say even like having the first semester freshman year under my belt is refreshing because I know where I am, I know what I'm doing. And obviously that's going to change if we start to go more in person or more online or whatever. Um, but yeah, I have a lot that I'm going back to in Nashville, a lot of work, a lot of school, all the good things. I am definitely a go, go, go type of person and home is for sleeping. Otherwise I want to be out in the world and getting it done. So I don't, I do not advocate you to accept this as a philosophy of life, but my first old 45 years of life, my whole theory was uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. In college, I could sleep four or five hours and I could just rock. You know, I felt just so great. Now I'm a big believer in, in sleep. I, uh, Ariana Huffington's book, highly recommended about sleep and the importance of the brain resting as we yes. age, as, as well as our body getting rebuilt. So when I lifted heavy weights, and I don't do that anymore at my age, but when I lifted heavy weights, I needed to stop and let those muscles, because when you're growing a muscle, you're tearing it down, right? You got to let it heal. So tell me, how are you healing mentally from the disruption you've had in Nashville? Now you're home, you're more in that area of comfort. How are you healing yourself mentally and physically and spiritually now? Yeah. Um, I definitely am a reader too. And so finally having the time to sit down and read a book, um, at school, I definitely am a big believer in sleep and a dang good cup of coffee in the morning. So it's like, I have my hours. <laughs> shameless of plug, shameless plug for prickly pear <laughs> coffee. Yes. I, get I have my hours a day that are go, go, go. But yeah, I definitely believe that sleep is important because I'm definitely, I need my beauty sleep. I'm not going to be functioning the next day. And that's not even about like outward beauty at all. Um, well, I think you've got that covered. So don't worry about that part. I mean, really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, a good cup of coffee are my little joys in life. I definitely believe in the little joys. Yoga, obviously for me, reading a book, um, traveling, which isn't not really a thing right now, but I can dream about it. I can watch the YouTube videos and plan my next, my next excursion. I also, this might come as a shock to you, Jimmy, but I love to work. <laughs> yeah, I am very shocked knowing your mom. I'm very shocked. And your dad. Both are very tireless workers. I, <laughs> but I, I will say this. They taught you they taught you the importance of a work ethic. And yes. that's something we've taught our children. Both of my daughters are tremendously involved, not just in work that pays money, but what we call fun work. And that's where they're working yeah. charitable organizations. And they'll spend all day and they're just loving it. And and they gain a lot from the heart, not the wallet, which is just as important to wealth in my yes. opinion. But, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah. My um, first job, she came up to me and we were talking and she offered me the job before knowing how old I was. You had to be 15 to work there. And I was 13. And so we just didn't talk about it. That was my first job. I've been working ever since. And I just love, I think for me, like when I travel, I love to be able to pay for my own plane ticket because then I enjoy it more and I look forward to it more and things like that. And being a daughter, my parents definitely spend more money on me than they do on my brother. You know, it's homecoming dresses and it's haircuts and it's whatever. And so I, you're implying that girls cost more folks. You heard it right here on live life by design. I have two of them. I'm going to start a GoFundMe page. Just yes, for dresses. Yes. Yeah. 
so valid. Um, and I was telling someone yesterday, I'm like, I probably could have milked my parents for more if I really wanted to. But I, I think there is so much to me said of being able to pay for it myself. And I don't know, I loved working. I loved the people I've worked with and all the things. So, but that being said, I've been working full time while I've been home on break. Um, and that's a good thing for me. I, I need to stay busy and that's somewhat healing too, is not sitting in my bed all day. <laughs> you know, a woman and man, I always say it like this, the, the Bible tells us, you know, a man's got to have purpose. Uh, he yeah. meant there that actually the writer of that passage meant a person, a woman or a man needs to have purpose and you do that. So I want to ask this, this has been awesome to open my eyes today to such a talented young person as you are with great potential that you're realizing. And that's the key. A lot of us as the great Greek philosopher said, die with our music within us. In other words, they don't realize their potential in life from the capabilities they have. So what is that one statement? If you could just look at the camera and you see all the eyes of people your age, your experience level, and you could give them one statement of advice about uh, leadership, entrepreneurship, or life in general, what would you do if you could look them in the eye and tell them today? What would it be? Oh my gosh, I could go on for hours. Um, I definitely think just on the topic of everything we said today is that you are not defined by your age. And I think that has been huge um, for me, for sure. People will look over me for certain things or only want me because I'm younger or whatever it is, is that you're not defined by your age. You're also not defined by your past and some of the poorer decisions you might've made. I think there is definitely purpose for everyone. There's potential for everyone. And I think that you can put whatever it is you put your mind to, no matter your age, no matter your upbringing, no matter what it is, you get to live your own life by design. <laughs> hey, shameless plug, and I'll take it too, kiddo. I will say this. Uh, we've interviewed some millennials over the last few weeks on our podcast, and I've always learned from them. As a Gen Z, you have been remarkable today in opening my eyes to a, a few aspects and also giving me assurance of the future that, you know, people give unrightly uh, and, and undeservingly the tagline to your generation, well, boy, our country's just going to fall apart, right? Because these kids don't do anything but have their face in those TVs or games or phones. And, and that is just not what I'm seeing and hearing from what your generation is doing. The remarkable things you're doing in your career already at the age of 19 and, and accomplishing those things that you have are phenomenal. I only see great things in your future and I hope to be a part of that. I'd like to follow you and continue uh, this discussion in a few more years after you've gotten out of college. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. So one thing of advice I'm going to give you is I like to try to help everyone on our podcast. One of yes. my pieces of advice, here it goes, is do not put your age on any of your resumes or anything that could help them denote an age because I think you're a far talented young lady than your age can denote. I think you've got great skills. I think you're going to go places big time. And uh, your mom and I'll just pick up the money for you when you when you travel through. I mean, that's what's going to happen here. <laughs> Perfect. You, I'll hire you someday. <laughs> you betcha. And I'll be glad to help. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's been an obvious pleasure on my part to get to speak with you a few moments. You've got great family. You are a talented young lady and brilliant. And I look forward to big things coming from you in the future. So wishing you the best of 2021. You too. Thank you so much for having me. One of the great things about this next generation of entrepreneurs and leaders is the creativity they exhibit. 
how can we learn, and I did say learn, from the younger generation as we are much older? One of the things I gained from today's discussion with Annika is that there are no boundaries. I've said it before. There are no boundaries to what you can accomplish if you simply dedicate yourself to earnestly seeking out those goals that are bigger than you. Annika's got a great future ahead of her by her approach. She's already done more in her 19 years than some of us have done in 50. But the reason being is, is because she believes in what she's doing. Her capabilities have been honed to have that belief come into fruition. And the third thing is she is continuing to grow as a person. That is the key to success. It has been a pleasure to have you today, and my challenge for you this week, as you go out to 2021 and face it head on, no matter what comes in 2021, I want you to have a big, hairy, audacious goal that will help transform your mindset, your emotions, your spirit, your body. I want you to have some goal identified that really changes you in 2021. If you would, go to our Facebook page at Live a Life by Design and put your big, hairy, audacious goal in the comment notes, and let's see if we can help each other become bigger, better, and bolder in 2021. Happy New Year to everyone, and I hope you have a wonderfully productive and positively powerful New Year. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our recording engineer is Happy Design Company. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley.